Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company, and I hope you give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We've got a terrific show for you today, including guests Kathleen Pasadomo, soon to be the president of the Senate, uh, our state senator, as well as Linda Harden to be joining us as well. It is August the 30th, and on this day in 1967, Thurgood Marshall became the first African-American to be confirmed as a Supreme Court justice. He would remain on the Supreme Court for 24 years before retiring for health reasons, leaving a legacy of upholding the rights of the individual as guaranteed by the U.S. Constitution. From a young age, Marshall seemed destined for a place in the American justice system. His parents instilled in him an appreciation for the Constitution, a feeling that was reinforced by his school teachers, who forced him to read the document as punishment for his misbehavior. After graduating from Lincoln University in 1930, he sought admission to the University of Maryland Law School, but was turned away because of school segregation policy, which effectively forbade black students from studying with whites. Instead, Marshall attended Howard University Law School, from which he graduated magna cum laude in 1933. He later, by the way, sued, successfully sued Maryland Law School for their unfair admissions policy. Setting up a private practice in his home state of Maryland, Marshall quickly established a reputation as a lawyer for the quote-unquote little guy. In a year's time, he began working for the Baltimore NAACP and went on to become the organization's chief counsel by the time he was 32 years of age in 1940. Over the next two years, Marshall distinguished himself as one of the country's leading advocates for individual rights, winning 29 of the 32 cases he argued in front of the Supreme Court, all of which challenged in some way the separate but equal doctrine that had been established by the landmark case Plessy v. Ferguson in 1896. The high-water mark for Marshall's career as a litigator came in 1954 when his victory in Brown versus the Board of Education of Topeka. In that case, Marshall argued that the separate but equal principle was unconstitutional and designed to keep black people as near slavery as possible. In 1961, he was appointed by then-President John F. Kennedy to the U.S. Court of Appeals, Court of Appeals in the Second Circuit a position he held until 1965 when Kennedy's successor, Lyndon Baines Johnson, named him Solicitor General. Following the retirement of Justice Tom Clark in 1967, President Johnson appointed Marshall to the Supreme Court, a decision confirmed by the Senate with a 69-11 to vote. Over the next 24 years, Marshall came out in favor of abortion rights and uh, against the death penalty as he continued his tireless commitment to ensuring equitable treatment of individuals, particularly minorities, by state and federal governments. What an interesting background and what a rich history in terms of uh, his preparation to become a Supreme Court justice. Uh, standing up for the little guy. Well, former uh, Washington field office special agent in charge, Tim Tebow, was reportedly escorted out of the Bureau's headquarters on Friday and amid whistleblower allegations that he showed political bias in his handling of politically sensitive investigations. 
The Washington Times reported eyewitness accounts that Mr. Tebow was seen exiting the bureau elevator last Friday, escorted by two or three headquarter-looking types, quote-unquote. Whistleblowers alleged that Tebow concealed the partisan nature of the evidence from FBI Director Christopher Wray and Attorney General Merrick Garland to secure their approval to open an investigation into former President Donald Trump. The investigation culminated in the FBI's raid on Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate earlier this month. So interesting. Throwing him under the bus, I just, just really believe that these other guys are implicated as well. But so be it. At least uh, there is some justice here. Uh, the public release of the affidavit that accompanied the search warrant revealed the warrant application relied heavily on information from news articles, including CBS Miami piece titled Moving Trucks Spotted at Mar-a-Lago and a Breitbart news article in which uh, former Trump advisor Cash Patel discussed the classified status of documents the Bureau previously removed from the estate on behalf of the National Archives. Iowa Republican Senator Chuck Grassley confirmed to Just the News prior to the raid that Tebow had been removed from his post and reassigned to an unspecified position. Well, now he's gone from the FBI. Again, in my opinion, uh, the FBI executives throwing him under the bus. It's a good thing. I mean, he's the guy that led the uh, charge or led the the, charge uh, it's a kidnapping event, quote-unquote, of Gretchen Whitmer, and then got promoted to uh, this position as well. Now he's gone, and that's good. <clears throat> President Donald Trump argued Monday that he should be declared the winner of the 2020 election, citing fraud and election interference by the FBI. The former president pointed to reports that the FBI worked into bury stories about Hunter Biden's laptop on social media right before the 2020 election. This is massive fraud and election interference at a level never seen before in our country, he wrote on social media. Trump said the FBI purportedly tried to stop him from winning the 2020 election. He proposed two solutions. The remedy, declare the rightful winner, or, as would be in the minimal solution, declare the 2020 election irreparably compromised and have a new election immediately, Trump wrote. It's unclear how the presidential election would be declared fraudulent and redone through the court system, and unclear whether it is even permissible at the Constitution. Facebook's founder and uh, CEO Mark Zuckerberg revealed in an interview with podcaster Joe Rogan that the FBI warned his company of an immediate an imminent dump of Russian propaganda putting them on high alert right before the Hunter Biden laptop story broke in the days before the 2020 election. The FBI did not deny Zuckerberg's story. Facebook censored the story as disinformation right before the 2020 election, though it ultimately proved to be factual. Yeah, I mean, it sucks. I mean, it turns out that the fact, I mean, the fact checkers looked at it. No one was able to say it's false, right? Zuckerberg admitted to Rogan. So basically it had this period where it was getting less distribution. Well, you know, uh, I'd like to know from the FBI exactly was what was this Russian disinformation that Zuckerberg should be aware of because, because clearly it wasn't the uh, laptop. Obviously, uh, they misled Zuckerberg with the attempts of uh, supporting Biden in the presidential election. So uh, the, the president has a point here, and obviously he's uh, simply saying that he should be the president right now. I don't think there's any legal way to do what he suggests that we should do, which is, to, number one, make him the president, or number two, hold another immediate election. It'd have to go through the court system, and it's not going to be do that in a hurry. But nevertheless, it's a great idea. I think a lot of us would like to see that. 
Well, Alan Dershowitz said the Department of Justice can't be trusted with the internal review of the Mar-a-Lago files, calling for an independent investigation instead. The law expert took former President Donald Trump's side in questioning the Justice Department's assertion that only uh, a limited set of documents that are potentially protected by attorney-client privilege. The Justice Department said, trust us, we're the government, we're looking over and we don't find this privilege, trust us, we're, we're the government, Dershowitz explained. As a defense attorney, I think I speak for many defense attorneys, we don't trust that. We don't trust the Justice Department to monitor itself. Who will guard the guardians? As an independent master is much, much better, he said. Dershowitz outlined that likely candidates for a special master, if granted, could be a former judge to former law school dean or possibly even a former Supreme Court justice, somebody who's no connection with the prosecutors in the current uh, Justice Department. That's the essential point, a complete separation, the constitutional lawyer said. On a closely related note, the Justice Department told a federal judge on Monday that the former President Trump's demand for a special official to review all the documents seized uh, might be too late. Well, in fact, it is too late because uh, the Justice Department said, hey, it is too late. We've already looked at everything. My guess is they probably made copies of everything. On the topic of document review by Justice Dershowitz, uh, I took primary issue with the possibility that the DOJ officials in one section of the department could give tip-offs or help their colleagues involved in the prosecuting the former president. I don't know if it will benefit him or not. It depends on what the uh, material, but the process is the right one, Dershowitz said, on whether a special master would benefit Trump's case. The process is an independent, objective one rather than the Justice Department making decisions for the other part of the Justice Department, he continued. Of course, they're going to lean over backwards to help their fellow prosecutors who they have lunch with every day, said Dershowitz. That's a good point. Well, now, what have we found out? Well, we found out that the guy who led the raid was biased against Trump, and he's now been fired. He's the guy in the FBI. Dershowitz is saying the Department of Justice can't be trusted. They've also, Department of Justice said, hey, we've looked at all the documents. Anyhow, it's too late for for our uh, master to uh, come on the case. Well, not really, because, uh, first of all, the uh, documents should be refer- returned to Trump that are his. By the way, he, he unclassified everything. So all those documents, no matter how they're marked, are unclassified, should be returned to Trump. Uh, but that said, uh, what this special, what this master will be able to do is separate that information that can be used against Trump. And by the way, a former uh, uh, head of, uh, of the uh, Department of Justice said that uh, there is no case against Trump. We'll see if that's true or not. I certainly hope it is. Well, our fellow judge on Saturday announced her preliminary intent to appoint a special master to review records seized by the FBI during its unprecedented raid of Mar-a-Lago. Uh, President Trump and his legal team citing exceptional circumstances. Uh, they filed a motion on Monday seeking uh, an independent review of the records seized by the FBI during its raid of Mar-a-Lago, saying the decision to search his private residence just months before the 2022 midterm elections involved political calculations aimed at diminishing the leading voice in the Republican Party, President Trump. Well, the U.S. judge of the uh, Southern District of Florida, Judge Eileen M. Cannon, on Saturday afternoon said the decision was made upon the review of Trump's submissions and the exceptional circumstances presented. That's good news. So this whole thing, I mean, quite frankly, the FBI, the Department of Justice, they need 
a makeover. They need uh, a PR person to step in and help them handle the situation because they got egg all over their face. Changing topics, the Census Bureau reported on Monday that 8.5 million Americans are behind on their rent in August. 3.5 million Americans will likely be evicted in the next two months. The combination of soaring inflation, the end of the most eviction moratoriums and rental assistance payments, and an extremely low vacancy rate has pushed rents up and may push renters out, and it probably has. Since 2006, rents have risen faster than home prices, but at the same time, the shortage of available rental units has been steadily increasing since the Great Recession. In the year before the pandemic, the country recorded a shortage of 7 million affordable housing units for low-income renters, according to the Center for American Progress, creating a crisis that left just 37 affordable rental homes for every 100 low-income households looking to rent. So there, the availability, the supply, 37 out of 100 can be accommodated with the uh, inventory now in place. That's a crisis in the making. Homes that are available are often still out of reach. Rent rates have risen nearly 25% since the pandemic, with an increase of 15% in just the past 12 months, according to real estate tracking service Zillow. Evictions are up, too, according to Eviction Lab at Princeton University. In August, evictions were 52% above average in Tampa, 90% above average in Houston, and 94% above average in Minneapolis-St. Paul. Uh, when the federal government has dis uh, distributed the bulk of pandemic-related rental assistance grants, some states and cities have been slow to make the money available to landlords on behalf of tenants who can't pay the rent. The other thing that's happening is companies like BlackRock are sweeping in and uh, buying up rental properties, buying up homes, uh, and uh, making and turning them into rentals. Now the income is going to go up because of inflation. And the consequence, it's further pricing people out of home ownership that uh, might otherwise be able to buy their home as well. So uh, there's a number of factors going on right now that are contributing to this, uh, this problem. And finally, in this segment, a fuel leak uh, and then an engine problem during final liftoff preparations led NASA to call off the launch of its mighty new moon rocket on uh, the flake, shakedown flight yesterday with three test dummies aboard, the next launch attempt will probably take place on Friday at the earliest and could be put off until next month. As precious minutes ticked away, NASA repeatedly stopped and started the fueling of the space launch program and rocket with nearly 1 million gallons of supercold hydrogen and oxygen being because of a leak of highly explosive hydrogen. The leak happened in the same place that saw seepage during a dress rehearsal back in the spring. NASA said that it's new trouble when it was unable to properly chill one of the rocket's four main engines, rocket officials said. Engineers continued to work to pinpoint the source of the problem after the launch postponement was announced. It's a complicated machine, they said, and it's very difficult. It's 98 meters high. The space is the most powerful rocket ever built by NASA. Uh, it's just uh, unbelievable. Uh, unfortunately, Kamala Harris was there. She was, expect she was one of the VIPs. She's supposed to be in charge of what nobody knows what she's in charge of. Anyhow, she's supposed to be in charge of the space program. Poor Kamala can't buy break. When she's in charge, nothing works. The launch, when it happens, will be the first in NASA's 21st century moon exploration program, named Artemis after Apollo's mythical twin sister. 
So interesting. So it's postponed. Uh, hope they check those O-rings. Probably don't have O-rings anymore. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their board, providing policies and programs, among other things, to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and the website is thefga.org. We have with us Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator and soon-to-be Senate of the uh, state uh, legislature of uh, the state Senate. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. It's been a while that we uh, since we talked uh, last Tuesday when we talked. It was the morning of Election Day. Uh, I just appreciate any comments you might have about the results, uh, surprises, disappointments. Uh, how did, what's what's your assessment? 
Well, uh, you know, sort of there's two, two uh, fall issues. One, of course, my focus has been on our Senate uh, campaigns. And, uh, you know, we had a very uh, tightly uh, controlled primary, if you will, in terms of our candidates. So we did not have um, any uh, challenges there was, uh, that were of any um, impact um, all of our endorsed candidates won the primaries. Right. That was our goal. We didn't want to spend a lot of money on primaries. We had several people that had um, opponents who, who did, did, you know, Republican opponents who filed, but they were not of any consequence, had very few votes. So we had a very successful uh, primary. And that was important because we didn't have to spend a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we were able to, were able to save and we're going to hit the ground running for the election in November with a very hefty um, uh, uh, campaign dollars available. On the other hand, the Democrats had some contentious primaries. In particular, the uh, Senate minority leader had a challenger. And so the Republican, I mean, the Democratic uh, machine raised $2 million, uh, uh, five for the primary, but they spent $2 million six on one race. So, you know, we feel pretty good going into the general. Um, we're continuing to raise money. And so uh, insofar as Florida Senate is concerned, we're going to come back hopefully with a supermajority, which will be very helpful. And I think the same thing happened in the House. Um, uh, for the cabinet and the, go- and the governor, of course, we did, Governor DeSantis did not have a challenger. The only member of the can- uh, cabinet that had a, a challenger really was uh, uh, President Simpson, who's running for commissioner of agriculture. He did have a primary, uh, but he did so well. Um, he actually had more votes uh, cast for him in the primary than Charlie Chris did against Nikki Freed. Hmm. Um, so that was really so the, the that was really the only race that anybody was looking at was the uh, gubernatorial between um, Chris and Freed. Conventional wisdom was Chris was going to win, uh, although at the very end, you know, I had all these polls coming out saying. Uh, that Freed was gaining on him, et cetera, but it, it never materialized, and we didn't think it would either. Then he made a surprise announcement. Chris made a surprise announcement that his running mate would be um, a uh, uh, Hispanic woman from Miami, because obviously uh, uh, Lieutenant Governor Nunez is a Hispanic woman from Miami, and I think Chris was trying to kind of mirror that. Only he picked the head of the union over there. And I don't think that's going to play well because the biggest issue, well, the biggest issues in education is school choice, and the unions are get set against it. Yeah. So um, it'll be a very, it'll be a fascinating uh, whirlwind till November. You know, Kathleen, that's I, my two cents. Yeah, I just uh, thank you for that, and I, I just can't help it. I think Chris is somehow trying to position himself for a cabinet position somehow in the, in the uh, Biden administration because he can't possibly win with the stupid strategy of. <laughs> uh, what? You know, I, I agree with you. I don't know what his plans are, but but I've never, um, you know, he, he's just sort of wishy-washy in so many ways. Yeah. Um, you know, back and forth on different, depending on where the wind is blowing, and and um, he, you know, that choice I think was um, short-sighted. Mainly, be, I mean, it's like he picked a person for their their look and where they live and their heritage rather than their policy because, you know, the, the unions 
have finally figured out, the teachers union has figured out, that the Republicans have a majority in the House and the Senate and the Cabinet, and we're starting to uh, approach our Republican leadership to see how can we work together. Mm-hmm. This is going to destroy any effort to help our kids yeah. um, insofar as school choice and some of these other other important issues. Um, so it's going to be, I just can't imagine that, that she's going to let them continue their approach to us. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he comes out and he says that uh, Biden is maybe one of the greatest presidents of all time. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm thinking to myself, my goodness, that right now uh, DeSantis is our firewall against the insanity going on in the federal government right, right now. And uh, if he thinks that's going to sell, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think he's got a chance. Well, it will. It, it, it'll probably sell to the to the deep Democratic base. The problem is that it, you know more. The voter registration in Florida is more Republican. Mm-hmm. You know, we we surpassed the Democrats, so that that base is much smaller uh, than even our Republican base. So I don't think it, it plays into any. It, it's just not play. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, of course, you have a lot of the the, the uh, pundits and and um, some of the weird pollsters saying. Uh, that DeSantis is losing popularity and Chris is gaining. I don't believe that for a minute. No, it's not. Everywhere I go and I travel, I mean, I am I am on the road every day, all over the state, every single day. And I meet uh, people from all over the state, and they just, you know, there's just so, so much support for Ron DeSantis because everybody I meet are usually people with small businesses, um, you know, and the like, who are thrilled that they were able to remain open during the pandemic and yeah. continue to thrive. And we can't discount that because they're able to feed their families. Absolutely. So, Kathleen, you know, yeah. you'd mentioned a supermajority that uh, we should end up with a supermajority in the Senate. What's the significance? What, is, what does that mean to 27. us? 27. 27 out of 40. Right now we have 24 Republicans, which is great uh, out of 40. Uh, if we get to 27, it's a supermajority. And so there are many, uh, many procedural uh, issues and certain bills uh, require uh, a two-thirds vote of the Senate. And so ah. if we have that supermajority, it'll be very, very helpful if we're going to be doing some bills that would require that, uh, you know, if we're going to do some constitutional amendments, et cetera. And I believe the House is on track for the same. And uh the last time we had a supermajority, I think, was in 2010, um, I believe. Yeah. And, you know, that it, it, it is helpful. And, and honestly, I, the way I look at it is if I have a supermajority in the Senate, I'm not going to glow. I'm not going to do – I'm not going to be heavy-handed. It just makes, makes it easier for me to get across what I want to do. And, you know, and you and I talked about my number one priority is to finally tackle the uh, workforce um, – uh, housing issue, and that to me, it, it's going to need. It's a heavy lift. There's a lot to get done, and you know, and I want to make sure that everybody who has has a job can afford to live, uh, and and work and and raise their families without you know have to go on food stamps. Yeah, absolutely, kind of absolutely. I'd like to talk to you about that next week in our interview sure. and just discuss that again. Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator and soon to be Senate president. I really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. 
Thank you. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Kathleen. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Linda Harden. She is uh, my wife. She's also extremely well-informed on what's happening in the issues of the day. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best, also building a 44,000-square-foot performing arts center in downtown Naples. would be absolutely fantastic. You can find out more and get tickets now. You can visit the uh, website, Gulf Shore Playhouse. We have with us Linda Harden. She's my wife. She's also extremely well-informed of what's happening around the world. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Another beautiful day in paradise. Another beautiful day. It was raining earlier this morning, but it looks like it's clearing up nicely. Yeah, it's just... I love it when it rains at night and we have a good day ahead. It's perfect. Absolutely. So, um, you know, right now we've got these uh, sanctuary for immigration up in... uh, in New York, and they're complaining about the fact that... NDC. NDC, and they're complaining about the fact that these people are coming up from Texas. Now, mind you, there have been 5 million illegal immigrants coming across the border in the last, since Biden was uh, put in office as president. He didn't win, but put in office as president. And now uh, they've got a few thousand, I guess four or 5,000 up there in New York City, and they're complaining about it. Wait, it's, the hypocrisy is just screaming. I mean, let's just, let's just talk about this for a second. So Biden was secretly flying plane loads of these migrants into New York where no, in the middle of the night, and, and nobody said anything about it. But when they're being bussed for all the world to see, mm-hmm. um, suddenly they're not welcome, and what, they're p- being put up in these hotels, and they're unvaccinated, and 
Some of, uh, some of them have the, actually have the virus. Yeah, and so, and so uh, Muriel Bowser in D.C. has called out for the National Guard and has been denied and to help out with these migrants. And, and, and they're saying, well, wait a minute. I thought you were a sanctuary city. What happened with that? Yeah. Well, we can't handle it. Meanwhile, all these people are flooding over the border, and uh, the top tennis player in the world, Djokovic, Djokovic yep. is not allowed to play tennis at the U.S. Open because he's not vaccinated. And yesterday at the White House press briefing, Peter Ducey from Fox News, God bless him, took it to the press secretary and said, wait a minute, what are you doing here? It's total hypocrisy. What's it, why, why won't Djokovic be allowed in, but all these migrants just walking over the border without vaccine, vaccination um, uh, cards uh, can just flood over the border. And you know what she says? Well, it's, that's different. And he says, why is, how is it different? Well, it's just, um, that's the, Djokovic has to do with the CDC. That's a CDC ruling. But, but the migrants, and she was, she was absolutely befuddled about what to say. Yeah. And, and she eventually cut Peter Ducey off. But the hypocrisy is now being brought forth for the world to see. Thank God for Djokovic, who stood firm in his not being vaccinated. And oh, by the way, what, what is glaringly, glaringly obvious is that guess who the New York... Uh, the U.S. Open in New York City is being sponsored by, in part, Moderna. Yeah. You know, the again, hypocrisy. But the other thing, too, is that we've developed this adult sudden death syndrome that uh, young people, even great athletes, are uh, falling dead. I mean, our, our great uh, Joey DeFrancesco uh, was the uh, uh, great course, organist. And of course, they'll never associate that. They'll associate that with him being... Obese. obese. Yes, I know. Which, but by the way, they're more susceptible for people getting the vaccine. The elderly and the obese are, are more susceptible to, to dying as a result. Yeah, but the point is this, that uh, there is so much evidence that there are spikes in young adults and people dying way out of uh, line with the expectation for uh, actuarial numbers point is people are dying and, and uh, you can't help but at least raise the question about is this caused by the vaccine uh, you know a lot of very credible people for example dr malone who invented the mnra or it patented it uh, said that uh, yes that this there's real evidence that this is happening and, and well it's not only just the original vaccine that people took but but the boosters are even more deadly and and it's I think, did you read that, that article or that piece that I sent you from Edward Dowd yesterday, who was following, he used to be a uh, oh, he's hedge, hedge, fund, hedge fund manager from BlackRock, but, he, but he's doing all these uh, studies of, of not only funeral homes, but um, actuary studies about the, the people that are dying at, in huge amounts and the media isn't talking about no, it. No, they're not. And, uh, you know, funeral directors are reporting that they're buying uh, caskets in, in bulk because of uh, all the deaths that they're having. It's just really incredible. Right, and there's a study out of Israel, too, that, that and Germany, the people are, are just dying quickly. Yeah. And now and now they're talking about even more boosters coming out in the fall. Oh, my goodness. With no wait. human trials. They're going to go ahead. They've gone ahead and uh, approved. Oh, wait, they, stu- they tried them on mice. Oh, they tried them on mice. 21 days with mice. My- <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, the hypocrisy is just incredible. Now, uh, Rochelle Walensky has said, and she's the head of the CDC, she says, you know what, we're going to go some th- through some reorganization, some six sigma, all this nonsense. We're going to get ourselves because we, we didn't do a great job. We're going to do a better job going forward. Well, look, if uh, garbage in, garbage out, if your intent is to lie to the American people, which is what they did. They lied to us. Improving systems isn't going to make any difference at all because they're making stuff up. They're not giving us the truth, the, the scientific truth. I don't know. If, I don't know if you read that long article about about uh, COVID that I sent you um, yesterday. I didn't even read all of it, but but the but the title of it, the the caption over it is, "This could be why Anthony Fauci suddenly resigned." Hmm. And and it's it is when I got into it. It is so stunning about what these vaccines are doing to people. It is just... And of course, we're still under this emergency use, which allows, for example, according to uh, Biden, uh, this everything from loan forgiveness to having absolutely no culpability or... or uh, the American people can't sue for damages because of uh, the emergency use uh, thing that they're doing with the, uh, with the vaccine. So uh, it's just an incredible... They're weaponizing the CDC and the vaccines. Follow the money. Follow the money. It's exactly right. So, Linda, we need to take a little break. Can you stick around? Yes, of course. All course. right. <laughs> That's good. Don't go anywhere looking like that. <laughs> okay, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, 
Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform, and you can find out more and download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. We have with us Linda Harden again, my wife. And uh, by the way, uh, you look great. That <laughs> was kind of an offhand comment, Emma. I apologize for that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I got to pot up your microphone. I'm sorry. Here, here we go. Offhand? You don't know. Was well, whatever. So, hey. So yesterday we watched uh, Tucker Carlson. Today, uh, Andrew Tate, which is a name which probably uh, maybe none of our listeners have ever heard of this guy, but he was a kick kickboxing champion. He retired, and he's become somewhat of a uh, a model uh, that who's been emulated by young people, young men. And uh, well, why don't I let you tell the whole story? Andrew Tate is amazing. Um, I never heard of him before Tucker uh, introduced uh, his audience to him. But like Bob said, he's he's been a mentor to a lot of young people, and his message was that that uh, to be when you grow up and to be an adult, um, to be a strong man, to be um, uh, what do I want to say? A, a leader, um, strong, take care of yourself. Um, don't give in to drugs, whatever. Um, uh, to surround yourself with good people, with people with character. Right, and and um, he loves women. He loves um, one of the examples that he cited was that that um, he was kidding about that women should not be allowed to drive cars because they drive cars so badly. It was a joke. So that's one of the things he said on, and he was all over social media. He had millions of followers. On millions. Yeah. So here's the point. The point is that all of a sudden. Uh, they started calling him a misogynist, and uh, he said, "I am not a misogynist." Uh, but he has been canceled on. Tw- he's been canceled on every social media platform. Here's here's the bottom line on this. Yeah, and and we can take this to to talk about social media, um, as far as Twitter and Facebook and all this, because because it's really in the news now. But as it as an experienced person who's been canceled from Twitter permanently twice. He's exactly right. When they cancel you uh, from from your platform, their platforms, you're a danger to them. You're speaking truth to power, and they don't want that out there. That's right. So 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 be, as they cancel you, they call you every name in the book. You're you're a danger. You're racist. You're misogyny. You're you're against women. You're all this stuff. None of that is true. But they have to label you to give them a reason to cancel you. Yeah, and, and and what's sad about this is this guy was, uh, in my opinion, hearing his story, and I've never personally interacted with him or, or uh, seen his uh, his post, but nevertheless, uh, he he what he's attempting to do is to help people, young men, to find an identity, to be proud to be men, to uh, grow up, to uh, to have uh, seek achievement and uh, some some level of achievement in their lives, and to do the right thing, and to, you know really building a character, and uh, for that. He's been punished by social media. It's really sad. Now, he ended up saying, you know, during this pandemic, he visited with his brother. He said, you know what? If uh, if we're gonna, we're both in great health and we're young people, uh, and I'm guessing he's probably 28, 29, I don't know. But, oh, no, he's older than that. I think he's about 40. Oh, he's 40. Okay, well, the point is he said we're healthy, and if this, uh, vac- if this uh, virus is going to get us, it's going to get everybody. So let's not uh, submit ourselves to uh, all the nonsense about lockdowns and masks and all that. So he ended up flying to Sweden. For vaccines. Yeah, so he flew to Sweden. 
And apparently there's no mandates at all in never Sweden. Never has been. Never has been. And uh, went there, and he said we were partying, going out at night, everything. No, everybody was acting normal. It was like Florida. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he uh, he said, you know, when you get onto an airplane, uh, yeah, everybody's got to be masked up and all this nonsense. He said, if I, I started flying privately, and uh, nobody is wearing a mask. Nobody's no scared. pandemic. No pandemic. So, you know, the whole thing, in his opinion, has all been manufactured. I happen to agree with him. Well, so let's let's bring this around to social media. Um, and, and first of all, he has a, a happy end to, to his story in uh, that Rumble, the, the um, website that is taking the place of YouTube and, and whatever, um, has asked him to be a part of their group. So he's going to get his message out again. What, how smart is that of Rumble to do that? Because yeah. um, he had millions of followers on social media. Yeah. And and Rumble has been the the destination for a lot of these people who have been canceled, who have a who have a message to give. Between Getter and Rumble, yeah. both of them are, have been um, a destination for all these people, which is which is great because they're they're just smoking Facebook and and Twitter now. Twitter yeah. is is not only losing employees but they're losing followers by leaps and bounds. And and now Elon Musk is is um, in this lawsuit because um, because. Uh, fake bots <laughs> well all these all these bots on there is are just incredible yeah and he says you lied to me you lied to me so that brings us around let's just go full circle with social media to what uh this this podcast guy joe rogan um got mark zuckerberg from facebook to admit yeah he says oh yeah i didn't i i pushed he he basically lied you could not i know for a fact you could not um talk about the hunter biden laptop on facebook he right. says oh we, we just pushed it back in the search no you didn't you just said you came up with your little uh uh send oh this our fact checker said this that parts of your your um post is not true they did the same thing that twitter did not to a degree that twitter did but they took it down and he admitted it so here we have facebook and twitter that have interfered with a uh, presidential election, which, oh, by the way, is against the law. Yeah, so the arms of the Democrat Party, and they're doing everything in their power to suppress interest in stories that could in any way jeopardize uh, Biden's candidacy. And, and, then, and that brings us to who, who told Mark Zuckerberg to, well, they, to, not, to not broadcast about the Hunter Biden laptop. Who was it? The FBI. Yeah. And the FBI basically said, they couched it carefully. They said, look, there's going to be some Russian disinformation, so be careful. So they didn't mention Hunter Biden's name, apparently. That's their story. But nevertheless, what I would be interested in knowing, what is the Russian information that every broke that... that uh, let's, see, let's see. Raise your hand if you believe the FBI. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> we, and that's just another thing. I mean, they threw this guy... Uh, uh, under the bus, the the guy that uh, led the raid in Mar-a-Lago and the guy that led the raid against Gretchen uh, Whitmer, uh, he, he apparently has been thrown under the bus to protect, I would guess, uh, the Department of Justice and the FBI because they have egg all over their face. Well, now Chuck Grassley is is all of his um, research and, and his contact with the FBI whistleblowers is coming to fruition because they're being exposed like crazy. Let's see, who can we... Who can we disband and start over with? CDC, FDA, FBI, the Department of Education, all these departments that are that are doing 
um, disservice to, at, at the very least, to the American people. It's 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 absolutely incredible what is coming out. Absolutely, absolutely incredible. All right, we need to take just a little break. Can you stick around? Yes. How do I look? You look <laughs> cute. <laughs> We're going to have more in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden uh, Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We continue the conversation with Linda Harden. Again, Linda, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. My pleasure. This is an extended episode for me. This is great. This is great indeed. So uh, let's talk, I want to get your thoughts on Mar-a-Lago and the raid that happened uh, well, two so weeks we were, ago. We were talking in the last block about, about the FBI and how they stormed, they stormed Mar-a-Lago. Well, um, apparently they did some no-nos, and that is they took Donald Trump's uh, passports, which was a no-no. Now they've taken, they admit they've taken uh, attorney-client privilege documents, which is a real no-no, now we found out that it was they were looking for a crossfire hurricane documents to try and cover everybody's backside with about the 2016 election. So I can't wait. I can't wait to see what's going to happen today. I cannot wait because now Trump is going on Truth Social, God bless him, and saying, wait a minute, um, uh, social media, the big tech companies interfered with the election, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Google, everybody. Uh, by the way, Google... Is, is a huge player in this too because they just disappear stuff. Yeah. 
which is why we went to DuckDuckGo for our search engine. But they just disappear. So, so, so Trump is saying, okay, all these, all these companies, including the FBI, including the DOJ, everybody has in, been involved with um, making this t 2020 election a total fraud. So guess what? We need a new election. That's uh, no. How many heads blew up with that comment yesterday? And oh, by the way, like I mentioned to you off air, all these people talk about Liz Cheney, blah, blah, blah. Everybody's, we just want Trump to go away. Yet he's all they can talk about. He is living, like you said, rent-free in every single mind on Capitol Hill, uh, in, in the White House, in the Department of Defense, in DOJ. It is absolutely amazing to watch. It is amazing to watch indeed. He's, he's just a master at communications and uh, stirring things up. I can, just you, can you imagine... The, the White House press and, and all their communications are running around with their hair on fire because they don't know what to do now. They're caught, they're caught in this, this COVID. I don't know if you saw this on, on social media the other day. I don't know if I sent it to you. But it was so funny, the hypocr hypocrisy uh, backpedaling a little bit to COVID. So this last Friday, I think it was, uh, uh, Biden went up to, um, took a trip to uh, Maryland to speak at this this high school where people were bussed in in order to clap for him. So he, he goes to the helicopter outside with a mask on. He walks to the helicopter on the way to this thing, outside with a mask on. Meanwhile, he gets inside this gymnasium, gives this um, uh, speech demonizing uh, the opposition, we're semi-fascist and all this. And so he gets in this group of people signing autographs, no mask. No mask. <laughs> How stupid do these people look? I know it's they, just they can't. They can't even get it right in one day. They cannot get it right. Well, he's the apparently the he wants to unify us. He wants to us to uh, have a unity summit of some nonsense like that. I'm and telling you, he's I, just calling us calling us names. He's just saying we're gangsters and stuff. Whoever is running the show <clears throat> at the White House has to be absolutely horrified at at the messaging that's coming out of there because they all look like a bunch of idiots. They all do. Oh, let's 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 tax all these uh, the, all the Americans so we can give away um, uh, forgive student loans to all these people. Even the Democrats are going whoa 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 whoa. You can't do that. You're screwing absolutely screwing up our message. It it is. It's almost like a movie. Yeah. It's almost like a movie that we're watching. Yeah, that's unfortunate. And uh, quite frankly, I can't think of one thing that's happened under this presidency that has been uh, a positive. Uh, everything that he's, all the decisions he's made have made us either step back financially or in terms of our personal and uh, freedoms and rights. Uh, he's uh, just absolutely trampling. It's just uh, he's taken the company country down. It's turning it into a police state. It's well, so unfortunate. Let's let's just talk about all the money he's sending without boat. Right to Ukraine, yeah, and how much of it's getting laundered? And and I talked to you about this yesterday. You know, all these um, this this young man that I watch on Bannon Ben Bergwam was was uh, sneaking up on these cartels along the Mexican border. By the way, there's a huge war between the cartels on the Mexican border. Right, these people are all armed to the teeth. Now, where do you suppose they're getting these weapons? Huh. How many weapons are we send set in? How many billions of dollars in weaponry are we sending in the Ukraine? A lot, forty yeah. billion, whatever. So, um, didn't we see a, a plane crash from a, a, a Ukrainian air in was, Turkey? Is it a, is was a was um, was 
uh, had billions of dollars worth of weapons. Weapons from Serbia, and they were going to uh, uh, Bangladesh or something. And it crashed in Greece. Um, anyway, let's see. If we're putting all this weaponry into Ukraine, why is it getting bought by Serbia and going to Bangladesh? There, and, and oh, by the way, I'll bet you a nickel that it's ending up in Mexico to arm these cartels, which, by the way, these cartels are trafficking people across the border, bringing all these drugs into the United States. And, and let's just say again, follow the money, follow the money. How many, I, I can't wait until the curtain is pulled back on what this money, the billions of dollars, and oh, by the way, it's not just us. We're spending more on Ukraine. But the, uh, the United Kingdom sent 500 million. Uh, Germany is sending 500 million. They can't afford it either because guess what? Um, their their uh, um, electricity and all their means uh. of heat and, and air conditioning—they're not going to have any heat this this winter. So so, any, but they're sending all their money to Ukraine. What's wrong with this picture? And and Ukraine, of course, uh, all of a sudden has apparently just cleaned up the, its act because it was one of the most corrupt countries in the world prior to prior to this attack from Russia. So, it, but but it hasn't because it's, it's of course not. They are just absolutely. Uh, they can't launder the money fast enough. That's so true, Linda. I always appreciate your commentary here. And, and oh, by the way, guess guess who's very influential in in all of the stuff that's going on in Ukraine? Let, let's just circle back in the CIA. Yeah. I mean, we, we could talk for two hours about what's going on and what's, what the media won't report on. And oh, by the way, as, a, as I know you want to end pretty soon, but um, guess what the media won't talk about now? There's a huge, they, they evacuated um, our embassy in Iraq. In Iraq, yeah, that's a whole different story. Oh my goodness, but, but it's, it, it is, but it's all connected Beca- because, because the world's blowing up and the media doesn't want you to see it. Fox barely had a story on that yesterday. Yeah. Meanwhile, Bannon on his show is going, he's got somebody on the ground saying, holy smokes, they've evacuated our, our embassy there. And how many, how many trillions of dollars did we invest in Iraq? Um, a lot of money. And, and lives. Don't forget all the lives we lost there. You know what? We've just wasted so much in these wars, it's just incredible. And what we're wasting right now in Ukraine is just unbelievable. And we don't have the money to do it. We're $31 trillion in debt, for crying out loud. And we can, still can't supply baby formula to the mothers in and, the and, United States. Another good point. Linda, again, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary. Are we, are we done? We're done. Thanks for joining us. Okay. All welcome. right. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. And uh, always appreciate your comments. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, if you enjoy the show, tell your friends. Uh, we'd like to have the patronage. I'm sure our, our, our advertisers would appreciate the recognition as well. Tomorrow we've got great guests, including Bob Levy, chairman of the Cato Institute, and uh, Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.